Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. Have you ever been in uh, been in bed and fallen asleep and been having the deepest, most relaxing, best dream in the world or best dream you've ever had in your entire life? For someone to come in and know you, your phone to go off, your mum or dad to come in and they ruin the greatest dream that you were having and you desperately try to get back to that point in your dream but then just the whole world in your dream head has changed and it's so frustrating. I hate that. I'm never able to get back into the same point of my dream if someone wakes me up in the middle of it. Would you like to be able to, I don't record your dreams, record the content of your dreams, influence your dreams, control your dreams? You know, some people are able to do that lucid dreaming stuff. Well, there is a crowd of people over in MIT, that fancy college over in America, and they have what's called a dream lab. And they're trying to create... Uh, technology to allow you to engineer your own dreams, to control your own dreams. And some of the stuff on the website looks as if we're step, you know, dipping our toe into the inception world of things. And now on the line, joining us from, uh, from the United States to talk a little bit more about that research, probably one of the smartest people that uh, you and I are ever going to hear on this show working over in MIT, um, and to talk more about the technology of sleep and engineering sleep. Adam Horowitz, very welcome to the show. Well, Corvick, thank you so much for having me and for the kind words. And yeah, it's always fun to jump in with people who are excited about their sleep and dreams. And I think for me, there are a couple different ways to jump into that question, because, I mean, the, the easiest way to remember your dreams is to, is to wake up out of REM sleep. And so one of my advisors, Bob Stickgold, he says, if you really want to remember your dreams, what you should do is drink three big glasses of water before you go to bed. And then you'll have to wake up to pee a bunch. And if you wake up to pee, it turns out that you wake up to pee usually at the end of a REM period. And it's something to do with this loss of muscle tone, this regaining of muscle tone. But people tend to wake up right at the end of REM. And if you get up, and if you do a good job of staying really, really still, it seems to be that if people make big muscle movements, it's really hard for them to recall their dreams. But if you stay really, really still and you put a recorder next to your bed. I use a little voice-activated app, and you just speak to it, whisper to it. The really wonderful thing is you can, you can capture a few words, then you can get up and pee, deal with the glasses of water and all that. But then in the morning, you'll have these recordings. And for me, I can use those recordings as, as anchors, as kind of sensory anchors, yeah. to bring back the whole content of the dream just from the beginning. So 
That would be one recommendation if you want to remember REM dreams. But the thing that I do is more is more like sleep onset and sleep outset. So when you're falling asleep and when you're just rising into wake, those dreams which are liminal, which are in between, which are partly the day and partly the night, and yeah. those ones are actually those are way easier to recall. I don't know if this if, if this rings true to you, if it sounds like something you've experienced, those sort of slippery in-between ones. Oh, definitely. Can I, can I ask you a question about that? You might may or may not be able oh, to answer yeah. this, right? I always, ha- not always, but this thing happens to me, this is frustrating, where I'm drifting off into that moment in between awake and sleep, and I kind of, uh, slowly getting in there, and then, for some weird reason... I suddenly realize I'm falling asleep and it's if I feel as if I'm falling for a second and then wake straight back up and I'm so annoyed because it was just my body said, oh, don't go, don't go to sleep, you're going to sleep and then I wake back up. <laughs> yeah, so um, people talk about something called the hypnic jerk and so uh, one of the things that's happening as you're falling asleep is you're losing muscle tone. Yeah. And often what can happen here is if you're sitting in a chair and you're starting to nap and you'll lose muscle tone, your head will start to fall and you'll send a big old danger signal and say, hey, wake right up. This is going to go badly. We're going to smack our head on something. And so if you're sitting in a chair or uh, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you're driving or if you're somewhere where you don't want to be falling asleep, that's a good reaction. But if you're in bed and you do want to fall asleep, I think it's mostly, mostly a question of changing the attitude. So just to back up, that, that idea of a hypnic muscular jerk as you're falling asleep, it's totally normal. It has a lot to do with the loss of muscle tone. Yeah. Because as you head into REM sleep, you're heading towards atonia, or a total loss of muscle tone, because you don't want to be able to use your arms and legs, or else you would act out your dreams. You'd be punching walls and, 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 and running into things. <laughs> yeah. um, but it should be no good. So atonia is a good thing, but it does a thing to do with the jerk you're, you're wondering about. And, and so for me, the switch has been... Um, as I see those signs of sleep, and those can be maybe a funny word pops up or a funny sound pops up or a logical train of thought turns illogical, I recognize them and I say, oh, here comes sleep. How exciting. And then I, and then I follow them and I let them take me into a dream space. And the opposite is saying, hey, I'm falling asleep and then getting yourself overexcited or getting worried about falling asleep and then waking up out of it and that being related to something more like an more like an on uh, a sleep onset latency extension or an insomnia. Yeah. Um, and so it's really just an attitude switch. But definitely, I think that if you if you're good at recognizing falling asleep, that can be wonderful because then you can just follow how your trains of thought change, and then you can follow those right into a dream, and that can even help with lucid dreaming. I've been able to write w- once or twice when I've been deep in a dream and I didn't know whether I was dreaming or not. I often <laughs> had this dream where someone would give me like a million euro and I'm there going and going, this is amazing. And then I'm like, wait, hang on, am I dreaming or not? Because this this will be horribly disappointing <laughs> if I'm dreaming. And I, the one way I can always tell if I'm dreaming or not is I can usually either make myself fly or have flames come out of the tips of my fingers. Oh, very good. Both very good. Some people always describe the phenomenon of how come you're never able to run in your dreams? There are a couple of things which come out that you can't do in your dreams. It seems like you can't text or read fine print. It seems like people have trouble looking at their hands. It seems like they have trouble recognizing the details of faces. Running seems to be a problem. Pushing on things. Yeah. There are a bunch of different theories as to why. And one of them is just, again, this total loss of muscle tone and the fact that you can't run in your dream because you can't move your legs and wake and that your body is interpreting those signals and sending them up to your brain. And then another possibility is limits of the imagination. So another way to think of this is 
for instance, the fine print example. If you imagine in your head a bunch of fine print, if you imagine the sentence, I'm on a train right now and I'm talking to Cormac, it's very hard to see that whole sentence in your mind's eye. You kind of have to zoom in on each word, like I am on a train and talking. Yeah. It's hard to imagine them all at once. In a way that it would be very easy in visual perception to see them all at once. But there's a difference between the screen of your imagination and the retinal screen that leads to your visual perception. And so I think some of these might just have to do with the difference between imaginal capacity, which is closer to dreaming, versus perceptive capacity, which is closer to wake. The work that you're doing, one of the quotes I'm reading off the website here is, uh, our dream is a future where dreams are controllable. These are our steps in that direction, a compilation of prototypes, projects, and, and futures we envision. So what, sure. what, what are the most exciting things that you hope we'll be able to do with sleep in the future? I think one of the crazy things about sleep and dreams Science is that, I mean, the whole world is curious about their dreams. This hallucinatory, comatose, overnight, fantastical storyland that we head into and head out of. And we all sort of wake up and go about our day as if that's pretty normal. And it's really not. It's really, it's really pretty damn strange. And so one of the most exciting things, I think, is that if we have a way to control dream content, then we have a way to do controlled experiments on dream content. Because right now it's really hard to study dreams because you have no idea what somebody's going to dream about. So you can't set up a controlled experiment to see how the content of a dream changes the content of your day. And we know from research from people like Rosalind Cartwright or people like Aaron Wamsley that the content of your dream does matter. It matters for your emotions the next day. It matters for how you get over depression or PTSD. It matters even for what kind of memory you're able to consolidate or encode for tasks the next day. And this can be in nap or it can be overnight. And so we know that dreams matter, but the cool thing that we're trying to do, or that I'm trying to do, is to make dreams controllable. And I'm focusing specifically on these sleep-onset dreams, these semi-lucid ones. And yeah. Doing something very simple, which is like letting people get into a half a dream state, so they're neurochemically prepared to dream, and then waking them up into a half-wake state so they can listen, whispering a suggestion to them with this little cell phone app tied to this wearable that we've created, then letting them fall back into the dream state so they dream about the suggestion, then waking them up halfway to get a report, whispering again, letting them dream, waking them up, whispering a report, letting them dream, and just looping back and forth and gathering all of these controlled dream reports. And the coolest thing for me is, so far it seems like the people we brought into the lab will dream about what we choose for them to dream about. And that means we can then start to do experiments on how that affects their memory or their emotion the next day. So I think it's exciting for me on the scientific side. And then also it's just exciting on the pure entertainment side because, like, <laughs> I want to dream about Beyonce or dragons. That's, that's what I'm going to do, you know? So what have people said that have taken part in this? What have they experienced? I get a lot of different words. I mean, one of the words I get a lot is drippy. One of the words I get a lot is meditation. Uh, so I think the coolest part of heading in and out of this state is that you gain cognitive control and you lose cognitive control. So you gain and lose control over your thoughts, but you maintain awareness the whole time. And so watching yourself lose control feels a lot like going into a flow state. Feels a lot like going into a state for divergent creative thought. And so for people, mostly the feedback that I've got is people want to use this for creative ideation because they can lose control over their thoughts so they're not as restricted but they can still choose what to think about in a sense, and they can also maintain awareness of it so they can remember. So that's a lot of the feedback I've gotten. And then, and then I've gotten some people who are just like, this is too weird, 
I think I'll uh, do this month. Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> with how that setup basically, so you have a subject who's in uh, and you're kind of helping them move in and out of that semi-sleep state, but then there's an external suggestion of, of words or ideas or phrases. Yeah, well, the way that it works right now, um, actually, is so we have it all on an app, and so you lie down yeah. and you say, today I'm going to dream about the Amazonian jungle, and you record that on your phone. Right. And then your phone is communicating with this little wearable, which is a sleep state tracker, which knows when to speak to you, and which also does all the recording of your reports. And it also uh, has some kind of fancier things, like it has a silence detection algorithm, yeah. and it has some specific sleep state detection algorithms. But it's you who's incepting your dreams when you take it home. In the lab, we didn't do it that way because we didn't want people to know what we wanted them to dream about. Oh, so to be able um, to so see, we, yeah, yeah. we chose ourselves. So I recorded things on the app. But the way that it's set up is actually so people can use it at home because since people are in quite a suggestible, vulnerable state since they're semi-conscious, we really wanted to build something that people could take home for their own self-exploration. Is this like the first step into Inception? I think that I should probably go back and watch Inception again because it's been a lot of years and people ask me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm using the word Inception just because it's what I'm going for, certainly. But I think that the light difference here is the difference of awareness, where the awareness of being in a dream, in hypnagogia, or in this sleep-onset semi-lucid period, yeah. the awareness is very slippery, but it's never gone. People are always watching their thoughts here, and it's very different than a REM dream, where people are totally gone. Yeah. And it's different than a REM dream, because in a REM dream, people are totally cut off from their sensory environment. Sometimes you can slip smell in to change the dream content. Oh, but wow. Sounds don't get in, and people are much more cut off from the world. And so I think it's a little different than the inception in the movie because this is still partly tied into the real world while people are in the dream. And that makes it, I think, a little a little easier to change the content and I think also a little more fun. Yeah, definitely a little bit more fun. So in like a sci-fi weird future, would we be able to ever record our dreams, like the content of our dreams? I think there are a couple ways to think about that. So um, in like a sort of sci-fi whiz today, there's a scientist named Horikawa who is already doing dream imagery so he can put people in an fMRI yeah. and he can look at different sorts of brain activation, which are levels of blood oxygenation, and he can make a really good guess as to the image category that people are dreaming about. And this is like older woman, elephant, lightning bolt. Um, if he guesses at those categories, then he can start to reconstruct the stories. And then he can turn those stories into images, and then he can show people their dreams and say, so they say sort of yes, they say sort of no. But that's already happening. That sort of brain decoding yeah. of dream category imagery is already happening. And I don't see any reason why that wouldn't get a lot better over time. But if people can make that work generalizable, then you have a dream interpretation tool on your hands. And that's one way to think of dream capture is the sort of data science way. The other way is just getting really good at waking people up at the right time so that they can report, but so that they'll fall asleep right away again. And often they'll forget the report. And so for that, you, report, you, you rely basically on sleep inertia. The idea that these sleep states are a, a neurochemical change and those changes are not going to reverse immediately. Mm. And so if I wake someone out of REM, I can get this 90 second report and then they'll fall right back into REM and keep on dreaming. And sometimes they'll remember the report and sometimes they won't. But it's a way to get a window in without disturbing the sleep cycle. And I think if we get really good at that, then you don't need fancy tools like an fMRI. You just need a really good 
schedule and record it. So what are, for you, there might be one or two other really exciting things that you guys are developing or working on at the moment? Yeah, I think two that I like a lot. Well, I don't know, there are a few. One that I like a lot is a project called Essence. It's a wearable, it looks like a necklace, and it gets your heart rate and it gets your breath, which are both useful for uh, determining what sleep state you're in. And then it releases smell according to what state you're in. And this is based off a lot of research from Bjorn Rosh and from Ken Powler, who show that you can change the emotional content of dreams, that you can help people remember certain things from the day, that you can help those things be remembered more for tasks the next day, just by injecting smells at the right time of the sleep cycle. Um, but what Judith has done is she's taken a lot of the tools that right now are really expensive and immobile and stay in the lab, yeah. And she's put them all into a necklace form factor, and it's wireless, and you can take it on home with you. And so I think that's pretty exciting. And then another one that I think is pretty cool is one we're building, which is called Maska. And it's a, an eye mask that looks like a sleep eye mask, but it detects your eye movements and your eyelid movements and your head movements. And that also you can use to sleep stage. And what we're doing is we're doing an experiment where we get people again in the right sleep stage. We're looking for REM in the right sleep stage to inter intercept or incept their dreams. And then we give them slight muscle shock on their legs or on their arms. And then we see if we can make them have running dreams or flying dreams based on these little muscle shocks. Oh, and, no way. Yeah. And, and the reason I think that's cool is because it's still pretty unclear who is leading from brain to body or body to brain in right. terms of a lot of kinds of thought generation. And if you can get a clear sign that it's body up, in this dream state, it's really pretty exciting within the embodied cognition literature. Um, and especially I'm curious about if you shock people and wake them up three seconds later, if you get a full dream construction just immediately from a muscle contraction. And this, this might sound sort of familiar because I think that often those hypnic jerks, for me, that you were mentioning, those are related to a feeling of falling, but not just a feeling of falling. I get a big visual of falling. Yeah, I get a yeah, visual yeah. of I'm falling out of the sky. I'm falling down the stairs, and then I jerk up and awake. Yeah, and yeah. so the question is, did I create that dream because of the muscle jerk to make sense of it? Or is the muscle jerk reacting to the dream? And that's that's an open question. Oh, yeah. You're going to annoy me now with that question <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I'm like, God a damn little it. Bit, well, listen, this conversation has been fascinating. I could talk to you for hours on end about this, and maybe I'll annoy you again in the future. But Adam Horowitz from the Dream Lab over in MIT, thanks a million for coming on the show tonight. Thanks for having me, Cormac. Thanks for your time. And if you're ever over in Dublin, give us a shout. I'll give you another tour around oh, the city. Oh, I'm definitely going to come. <laughs> I'm in love with Dublin. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much, man. <laughs> cool. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Cormac Moore. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.